0: America's webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
1: Good morning and welcome to the business hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host. And today the business at hand is the business uh, it, of recycling of technology, uh, technology hardware more specifically, and at a time when we're seeing tons of scrapped technology equipment where landfill space is at a premium, where there are products, computers in particular, that contain hazardous materials and where these products with the right expertise can be safely and securely because we're talking about uh, precious information that needs to be safeguarded in many cases, where these products can be refurbished and recycled. And there is one firm that is helping its clients to do this and to do it with regard for people, profits, and the planet, ITAD Technologies is providing sustainable solutions and services, and so I'm very pleased to have Aaron Armour and Bill Barron of ITAD Technologies as my guests today. Welcome, Aaron and Bill. Ron, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Let's uh, start off with an overview of the company. I touched on sort of the larger uh, mission, but uh, Bill, tell us how it is that when you describe what the company does, sure. or uh, what you say,
2: sure, I'll, I'll be happy to try to level set a little bit, and then Andrew can jump in with any other comments he uh, he might have. I, Ron, I guess the short answer is we're an electronic recycler, uh, but that really doesn't capture it at its uh, at its essence. Uh, our name, ITAT Technologies, is an acronym for IT Asset Disposition. Uh, our real focus is working with the enterprise client, business to business community, helping them address. Uh, issues they have with electronic waste. And this has changed very dramatically and is changing very dramatically. Uh, Once upon a time, people looked at it as nothing but junk. Uh, But we are seeing a a lot of changes. Uh, Within the next few years, we're going to have an inflection point where over 50% of old technology will be repurposed or reused or recycled. So it's important to have a strategy in place to deal with
1: that. Let me me jump in here and ask you how it is that we know, I mean, who's tracking... Uh, the amount of technology, hardware that is being recycled, how do we know that we're approaching that 50% mark?
2: Well, I think there's a couple ways that it's being done. One is there's just a better uh, awareness within the community, uh, meaning the business community, within uh, the educational community. Uh, There's also some phenomenal organizations that have been set up to create standards and to create advocacy, for reuse and redeployment of equipment, and they're the ones that are, are helping spearhead and bring this uh, bring attention
1: to this issue. Uh, tell us a little bit about your role uh, in the organization, Bill, and then we'll have Andrew share a little bit about his role.
2: Well, the uh, I, I guess the uh, the reality is I wear every hat that we possibly can, uh, with a couple exceptions. Uh, unfortunately, our CEO Maya Heller and President David Heller could not be here today, uh, but I am a co-founder along with uh, with Maya. Of the company, um, my responsibilities are uh, as director of sales and services uh, for everything that we have laid down. But it has been something that uh, I've been involved in since its inception.
1: But you, I'm but the, you also oversee operations uh, uh, aside from directly sales. with a phenomenal
2: and director of ops, Jeff Robinson, uh, to bring it all together because it it is a very service centric kind of solution when dealing with customers. And
1: Andrew, tell us uh, about your role. I actually uh, met you at a function where you explained a little bit of what the organization does, and, and uh, right. yet I didn't hear about your role.
3: Right, I, believe you're, I believe you're speaking about the PCBA meeting, uh, PC Corners Business Association. Correct. Uh, but my role is just executive sales. Um, and like like Bill said, brought me on um, pretty much in the inception of the company. So I've been around. I remember the first meeting we were talking about what we should name the company. Um, so our passions are like... <laughs> Um, and I also wear Mary hat. I also wear a lot of hats. So, um, but re- really, my focus is in the Southeast. Um. Uh, but speaking of which, and uh, this is
1: a little bit of an aside from this general overview, mm-hmm. um, does the company reach out to the entire country?
2: Yes. One of the things, though, that we're seeing from an industry standpoint is it's essential to partner with people throughout the country. There is a, a bit of a regional uh, touch feel that you have to have, at least dealing with corporate clients. Uh, so that's why it's very important that, uh, that you oversee it, that you can manage the complete solution, but that you uh, associate yourself and work with effective partners.
1: Now, you had mentioned, uh, Bill, that uh, the uh, abbreviation uh, for ITAD, IT, asset disposition. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned that phrase. Tell us a little bit more about how companies have come around to understand to regard their uh, information technology uh, the hardware in particular, but with safeguards for the software side, um, how they've come to regard it more and more as the kind of asset that needs to be uh, viewed as just that, an asset uh, in the short term and in the long term.
2: Ron, I think that's a, uh, that's a great question. We have a phrase that we uh, we share with our clients or potential clients talking about how are you going to protect your life. And I guess we, we like our acronyms now that I think about it. Uh, and LIFE stands for logo, information, finances, and the environment. Uh, firm believer that those can come together in a way that makes sense for the business community. And what we mean by all four of those, very briefly, is uh, you have to protect your logo. Uh, companies can work uh, years, if not generations, to develop a good reputation if suddenly your old equipment ends up in a, uh, whether it's halfway around the world, in a, uh, a landfill in, in Ghana or on the side of the Chattahoochee River, and suddenly it's in the news, you've got advocates uh, banging the phone to your, uh, your leadership, there's bad articles in the in the news, that can destroy a reputation. Information, no matter how you handle your drive wipes, it is very important you work with somebody who has the expertise to make sure information doesn't fall in the wrong hands. Finances, you hit on it. Uh, there's value in it if you handle it properly. And then you can do all this and still be good to the environment.
1: So that um, acronym is LIFE, um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, talking about uh, the image of the company, the logo, uh, the information that can be safeguarded, uh, the financial implications of being uh, smart about uh, your uh, information technology recycling and then uh, concern about the environment. Uh, Andrew, tell us about how you actually find these products um, or how they find you uh, and then tell us a little bit about how you determine what's worth being refurbished and and what uh, isn't.
3: Well, I'll take this opportunity to introduce our, our sister company. Um, we we branched out of a computer parts house called Renew Computer um, that harvests, stocks over 20,000 parts at any given time, um, services a lot of major service companies throughout um, the United States and actually worldwide. Coming out of that company, we actually have a unique ability to identify Value where companies may not be able to. Um, do you say where is this coming from? A lot of our clients, we have clients in a lot of major hospitals, um, a lot of Fortune 500 companies. Who, where to come from? Who is our customer base? It, it's really, it's really any business. Um, but when this, when when we do takeouts and receive stuff in, our staff, Bill and I included, um, have a unique ability to identify. Value within laptops, servers, um, computer parts, and you name it—LCDs uh, that have a place to be resold somewhere else. Um, so that's really one of the best ways we
1: we determine what it is that you uh, can refurbish, refurbish or recycle right. now. Uh, let's let's take a for instance here so we can look at it operationally. And let's say that I run a uh, a large travel agency, which mm-hmm. is, you know, very computer dependent. Everyone's Absolutely. sitting at a council with uh, one possibly more computers dedicated to the huge databases associated with hotels and airlines, et cetera. Uh, and in the past, I haven't been very good. Um, do you get called in to to take a look literally and say this is what we're currently using because they don't really have anything, they're not bringing something to you and say what can we do with this they need you to take a look at uh, what the current uh, assets are in use uh, and and, uh, ideally a lot of companies would do just that, say come in and take a look at all of what we have and you tell us what it is that you think now or soon or in the long term uh, will be worth I- refurbishing. You know, where are my uh, my Camrys uh, and my Mercedes-Benz uh, uh, equipment that are very worth uh, refurbishing because they can uh, last 100, 200, 300,000 miles, and where are the products that maybe are better suited um, for recycling and not refurbishing? Uh, do, do companies... Uh, call you in at that, oftentimes at that stage of just uh, reviewing what they have?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in to, to begin with. Um, it's amazing. This business is very reactive. And I think that what people can understand is uh, look at your own life. Uh, in your basement, in a drawer somewhere, there probably is an old Blackberry. Uh, that hasn't been used for 10 years. You go to your office and you're going to find technology that is not just a generation old, two generations, three generations old. We get some type of odd uh, attachment to our technology and therefore we don't, uh, historically, we don't dispose of it in an effective manner.
1: You're not talking and about and my uh, my phone museum at home, are you? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I have a great uh, collection of uh, <laughs> a cellular phone yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, a technology uh, that that tells the perfect story uh, of the evolution. Uh, but uh, to go
2: with your IBM uh, AT, oh, oh no question IBM about IBM. it. I, you know, my
1: Lisa <laughs> uh, is is there alongside of a much <laughs> newer uh, desktop, and then I have generations of of laptops, which. Uh, Millions of people do as well, uh, and 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 even though you're more B2B oriented, uh, I could see a time where it could be even B2C. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about whole companies that that might even have uh, rooms full of used equipment. Absolutely. So
2: it's changing, it's evolving,
1: and what I foresee
2: is uh, we're somewhat in a, a, a nascent stage. When it comes to consulting services, we have uh, expertise in the team that we've put together to build this company that come from information security backgrounds, that come from refurbishment backgrounds, and what we can see is, uh, I guess I'll call it life cycle management. There is a time where you're at a point where you can maximize the value of your old technology uh, and minimize uh, the challenges in making a transition. Most companies don't do that well because they don't think in those terms. Uh, they need the guidance and the expertise to do that. So uh, we are asked uh, stuff about that more anecdotally, but mm-hmm. we definitely foresee a, uh, a larger consultant consultancy uh, growing out of it from the client demands.
1: Well, lifestyle management... Uh, or uh, product lifestyle management is something that's gone on in in, in a lot of companies, Mm -hmm. particularly where there's uh, large-scale technology. Uh, Fleets of vehicles would be a good example. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've looked at uh, uh, ways of uh, recycling, upgrading, refurbishing uh, for years. And it makes perfect sense that this is what would go on with uh, hardware technology. It's just that not everyone has caught on. We're going to be taking a break here, and when we come back, uh, I want you to tell us a little bit more about the kinds of products. Uh, that you're refurbishing, you know, and w- what actually might be uh, very popular today, maybe even s- take a stab at what you see as as growing uh, in popularity to uh, to get refurbished. We're here with Aaron Armour and Bill Barron of ITED Technologies. We're talking about the business of recycling of technology. We'll be back right after this break.
0: Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
4: Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with
1: Andrew Armour, not Aaron Armour. Uh, My apologies, Aaron was gracious enough not to correct me, and I don't know why I got that in my head, but with Aaron Armour and Bill Barron of ITAD Technologies, and we've been talking about how ITAD Technologies is helping companies to identify valuable technology hardware and to refurbish in many cases or to recycle very safely, safely in terms of putting something uh, into landfills that doesn't have uh, toxic materials or handling those toxic materials so it's good for the environment, um, and safeguarding of information, uh, which is a very key part of it. And we will talk a little bit about uh, The folks that you have that are experts in that uh, in that process, but let's talk a little bit about what kinds of products you know to to help listeners out there understand. If we have any IT folks out there uh, that are wondering, you know, what am I sitting on? You know, what's what's in that that storage room that really I should call you up and ask you to take a look at? uh, What kinds of things are common and and popular to be refurbished. And what kinds of things are being overlooked, uh, Andrew?
3: Well, OEMs are really determined behavior by their warranties. Um, IBM, HP, Dell. It's pretty consistent across the board that they're going to give a three-year warranty on all of their new equipment coming out. So you, as a customer, have an option. You can either bring in a service company to support all of your equipment after that three years, or you can do a refresh. And so, obviously, Bill gives a great analogy when we're when we're selling to customers. It's like it's like you have a New York strip, and you let that strip sit for two or three days in the refrigerator, and it's still good. But you let it sit for a week, maybe two weeks, and now the steak has no value. It's not going to taste good. Same thing with the computer parts. The longer after that three years you wait to refresh, the less you're going to get out of it. Um, our target is. Is just right there in that in that three year window. Um, a lot of customers nowadays just to go a different route, take hard drives and degouge them. Um, Bill and I would tell you that's probably not the not the best way to go about it because there's a lot of money to be made in hard drives. Um, we we use some state of the art software packages, actually the same software packages that the Department of Defense uses um, in the Pentagon to wipe part drives? Um, and then the resale value on a hard drive is so much more than the scrap metal value that you would get if you were gouging and shredding. Um, so just things like that, hard drives is, would be one of the big ones.
1: Now, you know, we, we can get into more of the marketing aspect of, of the company, but this, uh, to me, begs the question of whether or not you've um, managed to help uh, companies cross over that threshold of, of trust by actively promoting your ability alone to handle the disposal of their data, to handle uh, those hard drives because I would think that that alone um, it's sort of a small little niche but a really important one these days. I mean cyber crimes will only grow uh, at a robust rate unfortunately. Uh, we don't um, see any letdown in the foreseeable future. So companies that you can actually trust to come in and, and wipe your hard drives clean and effectively serve a valuable function but if on top of that you could make a little bit of money or defray the cost of that process Absolutely. Um, why not engage a company um, like ITAD Technologies to come in and uh, clean things up and um, Bill, tell us a little bit about um, why the company's qualified to do that, and um, are there certifications involved? I think that's an essential point on this whole thing, kind of tying it into
2: the previous question with Andrew. Hard drives are a wonderful example. Uh, I'd make a parallel to the the finance, your accounting department. There's a reason that you sometimes will outsource things. There's absolutely a reason you have someone else audit it. Um, It is essential with, with drives, that at the very least, you have a company such as ourselves that is certified that uses state of the art uh, software uh, to make sure that your drives are being wiped properly. I mean, if it's if it's that essential that you should that you're pulling your own people and off of their core primary task to do this, then you want to make sure it's going to be done correctly. Secondly, the with techni- this is a whole another hour we could spend. The technology with drives are changing in a way that the degaussing or uh, basically complete wipe. Using it, rendering it useless, is rapidly disappearing. Lastly, it is environment—you know—forget the finances; it's environmentally irresponsible because reuse is the best form of recycling. So, kind of just to level set that. Yes, it's the certifications that we have in place. Uh, we, when when I jumped into this, I, I know uh, David and Maya Heller, our CEO and president, for over twenty years, and uh, we, the three of us, talked about this for almost five years. Uh, I had spent most of my career in the Fortune 500 world, uh, in uh, in sales and executive leadership. Uh, coming aboard, we wanted to do it properly, and for us that meant getting the absolute right certifications in place and making sure we laid down the right foundation, uh, and then go after the customers instead of the other way around. Uh, maybe the advantages of it not being our first rodeo.
1: So I, I would imagine then a, a lot of um, uh, technology consultants. Particularly on the hardware side, but you know, there are a lot of hardware, software, systems uh, consultants out there, uh, would be uh, an important part of your, your market, and that it would be a lot of those folks who understand uh, what you do. And in some cases, they may even have a little bit of that capability, um, but uh, it's, in it, it, most cases, stop short of the, the recycling and the refurbishing side. But do you have a lot of those kinds of clients?
2: We do deal with trusted advisors. Uh, More often than not, what I've seen, and Andrew may have a slightly different experience, uh, I see hunger uh, from our clients. They can find expertise and consultants that can work with you on uh, the right CRM package or ERP package or a host of other things, a myriad of other challenges you have as a business. But when it comes to the recycling, everyone kind of scratches their head. Um, and it is more than just backing up a truck and taking your stuff away. So, well, uh, and, and in,
1: in a sense, you become a one-stop shop for both those security issues and the recycling issues, which which, which have those uh, environmental implications and also um, uh, financial implications. So I, I would think that a lot of those uh, firms, in fact, I, I – I, 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 this may be a stretch, but I would think that some accounting firms that work with okay. the uh, financial uh, departments for which there's highly sensitive information, uh, once you cross over that threshold of trust with some accounting firms, some carefully targeted accounting firms, mm-hmm. that they would in turn uh, let their clients know that this is a, uh, a trusted source for uh, uh Disposal of that information and the benefit, uh, the bonus rather of uh, of the recycling portion.
3: Right, and uh, we keep referencing these these certifications and how we're fully certified. But let me tell you a little bit more about what those are and what they mean. Um, the biggest um, certification in the industry right now is R two. Um, they are the certifying body for. <coughs> any electronic recycling. Um, there's also another one called E-Stewards. It's very similar and also holds a lot of weight, um, but we felt that, that the R2 certification was going to be the way to go on that one. Um, we also went a step beyond and got our ISO 9001, which it deals with quality control, quality management, best practices in our business. And with that R2 um, comes our, our ISO 14001, which it, uh, deals with environmental safety and our OSAS eighteen thousand one which uh, deals with um, health and safety regulations so those and i would I would urge you as a listener or as a customer or a potential business owner um, when you're selecting a recycler a recycler or so, you know choose someone that has one of these certifications
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, it, you know, you, in, in fact you know you have um, a, environmental uh, implications that that require uh, compliance as well right. and and consequently these certifications help a company I mean it, it it's it's part of those multiple benefits you know we're talking about safeguarding the data we're talking about you know the financial implications um, but on the uh, environmental side uh, you know having a relationship with someone that helps you uh, environmentally uh, be environmentally compliant I mean that that's an advantage as well Um What kinds of mistakes do uh, companies uh, commonly make? And um, we're actually going to be – no, we have a little bit of time. So uh, tell us a little bit about the kinds of mistakes that uh, companies make uh, in in this regard.
3: You want to take it? I'll let you take that one. Okay.
2: Um, The biggest mistake I see them make is what we were just talking about. They don't take the time to identify somebody that is properly certified. That is essential. Now, here's the reality. Just because someone's properly certified does not mean that they're doing the job the most efficiently, effectively, or uh, comprehensively, all right? It does mean that they meet a certain standards. Gone are the days, and it, or should be gone are the days, that a major company, and I actually still see this occur, will have someone pull a truck up with no certifications, no background, no type of proper insurance, no overseeing body, collect their stuff, and out the door it goes. Uh, It actually still happens today with Fortune 500 companies in some instances. So that's important. The second piece that I think is essential is even uh, those are the table stakes that you have the certifications. You want somebody that is transparent, meaning you can audit their facility. Uh, you can look at their books. You can see, in the sense of their ma- what's called mass balance, what's coming in, what's going out. We have uh, unfortunately seen some examples in the last couple of years of, uh, of a few uh, fairly significant-sized uh, R two certified companies that frankly weren't doing it correctly. Um so you do your due diligence, get your make sure they have certs but but check them, audit them, set up a time to see it, look them in the eye, uh, make sure that they're staying up to date on the documentation that they're supplying uh, to you uh, those would be kind of the the highlights i I think I see that people do wrong
3: right um and other mistakes are really the most common mistake we see do we need a good break We'll be going to break in
1: just a second okay. so. Um, what what we'll do is just set up that next segment because um, this area about the mistakes that people make in not finding the the right uh, source to to help them um, with the security implications of the data um, or to derive the benefit of um, refurbishable technology and and, and the thousands of dollars that that can save them, um, it it warrants us uh, focusing on... Uh, so when we come back, we'll, we'll be talking about that. And then I, I do want to revisit a little bit about what are some of the very currently common uh, items that people are refurbishing and uh, what kinds of things you probably should be seeing more of that people are overlooking. Uh, we're here with Andrew Armour and Bill Barron of ITAD Technologies. We'll be back with Andrew and Bill right after this break.
5: This is Michael Gonneau with Insight to Israel. Thank you. God bless Patriot Conservatives and God bless Israel in her struggle for sovereignty and security.
3: At Peachtree Ear, Nose, and Throat Center, they provide better quality care. They believe that excellent medical care is a right and not a privilege. They are concerned that the current economy has forced people to sacrifice their health. They have therefore reduced their prices to make it more affordable. They will continue to provide state-of-the-art care. They continue to believe that patient care counts above all else. Peachtree ENT Center, concierge medicine without the concierge price. Additional details are available at www.peachtreeentcenter.com. Call their office at 404-591-9100 to make an appointment or for more information. They are located in Atlanta at 1776 Peachtree Road Northwest, Suite 260 North Tower, two blocks south of Piedmont Hospital. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy. Only on
4: America's Web Radio. You're listening to America'sWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back
1: to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host, and we've been talking about the recycling of technology and how you can actually help a company related to its profits, uh, to people in general, and to the planet with environmentally sustainable aspects. Of smart recycling. Before the break, we were talking about the common mistakes that that uh, a lot of organizations make. I mean, and one of them obviously is finding the right firm to engage to help them be as smart as they can be and derive the best return on that investment of that relationship, so that they can actually securely dispose of information identify what's worth uh, refurbishing, uh, and then uh, derive the the financial benefit uh, therein. Let's revisit what is um, commonly uh, recycled and smart to recycle, um, and uh, maybe what's being overlooked uh, and has a tremendous potential uh, to be recycled in terms of product categories.
3: Um i I I'd, I'd have to go back to a lot of things can be recycled that, that someone might not think can be recycled. Um, a lot of we 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 focus on electronic and that's definitely our core competency but some companies don't think things like printers or copiers uh, might be something that you could recycle and that's definitely something that we handle um a lot of companies don't think about the hard drive that's inside the copier that has, Images of all of the documents that have been scanned that are very sensitive. Um, to take care of that, but anything really with a with a with a power cord and a motherboard um, is really what we're targeting inside businesses. Um, something else that companies really just don't think to to recycle is batteries. Um, recycling batteries, batteries in landfills are. I think I read an article. Um, in the AJC just the other day, it takes 126 years for a battery to decompose in a landfill. Um, and that's longer than I'll be around, and I know it's longer than you guys will be around. <laughs> but, Speak um, for yourself, uh, <laughs> Andrew, uh, it, because
1: it's absolutely not longer than you're going to be around. Uh, and uh, you never know. I mean, the... Uh, I, I never stop reminding listeners: the fastest growing age segment in, in the United States are people over one hundred. Really, that means <laughs> if you're uh, seventy-four, you have a good chance of being around to see <laughs> that battery decompose. But, uh, but, uh, but I digress, and uh, and yet you're right. Uh, batteries is uh, a growing uh, a problem just because of the proliferation of batteries, the the, the range of batteries, and almost uh, all these components have. Uh, Batteries associated or power storage somewhere, backup
3: power supply uh, in some of these pieces? Right. And we've, in batteries, actually something we partner downstream with companies that can either make new life out of batteries with uh, some sort of recharge or you know, rebuild of the battery. And then we also have some that we just recycle. Um, but another item like that would be a motherboard. Um, he, there's, there's often common parts inside of laptops or servers that just go bad. Um, we have a staff, um, again, I think uh, Bill mentioned our director of ops, Jeff Robinson, who leads a team that's um, phenomenal at being able to repair boards, being able to repair parts of, of bigger pieces that can save companies a ton of money.
1: In many yeah. cases, maybe even upgrading them with new microprocessors. Right, or right. Or you what, upgrade you the processing
3: use? chip. You up- upgrade the RAM. You upgrade the you know the hard drive hard drive space. So, um, things like that that companies kind of overlook. You know, my, my computer's slowing down, or or you know it's been three years. Let's let's refresh. Well, there's other other steps you can take that might be cheaper. Um, that companies like iTad Tech offers. So,
1: so do you then uh, re-warranty? Uh, let's say a refurbished motherboard. Do they get a uh, a uh, a warranty associated with uh, the motherboard that you've uh, 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 repurposed, uh, right. reused, um, and they have that agreement uh, then with uh, ITAD
2: by the standards of our certifications? We have to designate anything that is resold has to be in in usable condition and. We have to go ahead and certify that, confirm it, and then back it up from a warranty standpoint. Um, I did want to add one point that I, I think is germane to what we're talking about here. You said, you know, what are we looking for to, to bring in? Uh, I, I think the point, to some extent, is uh, is as much or more what are our clients looking to to get rid of or what issues are they looking to solve? And, you know, if you were going to ask me uh, at this point what has been the biggest surprise after uh, working on this to to build this company over the last couple of years was that although our core competency is in fact electronic recycling, uh, what we are seeing time and time again is that the corporate client has so much on their plate, they're looking for one thought leader, one provider that can bring, uh, I guess, aggregate a bunch of point solutions together to solve the issue. So what that means is we had to go out and find the right people and build a, uh, a business that, although its core competency is and probably always will be, electronic recycling, we have expertise, skill sets, and partnerships to deal with universal waste and solid waste, and even in some instances, certain types of hazardous waste. Again, for the corporate client, it's all somewhat the same problem that they're looking to get resolved in, in a comprehensive, complete, transparent fashion. So sense.
1: To, to, to sort of uh, get our arms around this, we've talked about, uh, you know, computers, and that would, of course, include desktops and laptops and this growing number of mobile devices, mm-hmm. right. uh, which includes, uh, you know, or telecom. You know, there's a crossover now. And you mentioned printers. Uh Telecom-wise, we're talking about uh, both landlines and mobile devices. Is that correct?
2: Correct. But it, and usually it's the uh, equipment behind it also, the switches, the routers, that type of stuff as much as what's in the individual's hands. Uh, medical equipment is an area that we involve ourselves in. Again, to Andrew's point, uh, we say it; it's, uh, it's a, a bit uh, simplistic, but if it has a board and a cord, uh, it has potential.
1: I I would imagine that medical equipment is a, a whole area that you could focus on, and you may have people that do, in fact, focus on medical equipment because uh, I don't know that there are folks at ITAT that uh, specialize in, um, let's say, um, uh, CAT scans and... Uh, uh, Mass spectrometers, but uh, certainly in time you probably will. I mean, I, I would imagine there's this growing range of uh, uh, the field of radiology uh, and you know imaging uh, those systems uh, where there's tremendous amounts of money to be saved by
3: uh, uh, refurbishing equipment, for example. Yeah, the hospital industry is very nichey as far as recycling goes. Um, but it, it really, and I think Bill could attest to this more, it only took two or three clients of ours um, to come aboard with the same issues to say, okay, here's a problem that clients really have. Let's step back and see how we can solve this issue. We, we may not have gone into it thinking you know, this is going to be something we might focus on. Um, but after hearing the same things from multiple clients, um, being the size we are, we're able to, to kind of to work in and around um, different needs that customers may have. So.
1: Sure, come in and, and, and help them with uh, the computers, but then eventually you have a, a, a right. trusting relationship and you uh, can get to help them with other, uh, other pieces of, of, of hardware. Uh, what about servers? I would imagine that some Absolutely. server farms uh, really, um, if they're reasonably intelligent, and we're assuming that most are, uh, would be looking down the road uh, and and wanting to work with someone uh, like you uh, that can help them with that vast inventory uh, of equipment.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, we see large farms of storage uh, that continually need to be replaced. Um, whether it's because there's a new generation of equipment or the individual uh, company has decided to completely shift gears. Uh, I'll give one anecdotal example of uh, of things you don't expect. We talk about things that have sat there for a long time, and should it be three years or, or less. Um, in one scenario uh, where a uh, CIO came in, and one of his first edicts for the company was uh, he wanted – every piece of equipment that was in that business replaced with another OEM's product another manufacturer's product it didn't matter whether that you, that desktop that laptop that printer was 3 years old a year old or a week old he wanted it out now i don't know what the original manufacturer did to him but he wanted a complete turnover of technology well if you're a if you're the IT director you're in a pickle then you've got limited budget and you've got some major challenges. You'd better partner with somebody that can maximize the value of that and also handle uh, the transition and the move out of that type of, uh, of equipment. So, uh, you know, th- there's all kinds of other implications sometimes that companies have to deal with when making changes. It's not just the stuff that's so old that, quote, unquote, nobody wants it.
1: Now, are there any industry segments? Uh, you know, we've talked about healthcare, but, you know, you have uh – insurance companies, which are heavily dependent on on computers, the airline industry, the hospitality industry, uh, the logistics business, and and virtually any major company, you know, the food and beverage uh, uh, industry, uh, everyone is dependent (coughs) upon computers uh, ranging from uh, logistics uh, to finance uh, to technology. Uh, Any industries that are ahead of the curve that you find get it better than others? Uh, Do you have clients in in, in, in all those fields? It's a
2: horizontal horizontal business. It it, it truly is. Andrew, do you have thoughts on
3: it? I'll tell you. I actually... It's funny. I had a friend the other day ask me, you know, Andrew, what's with... I mean, all these companies are going to the cloud. Um, Is that going to affect your business as far as, you know, servers and hard drives and where this information is stored? And... You know, it that information. Even though you might on-site hosting is becoming a thing of the past for for Fortune 500 co- customers, like you said, there's still server farms out there. It's, it's hosting somewhere, um, and that's it's still the same amount of equipment. But companies are you know just now moving into to a cloud-based solution. But to get to your point, so the, the data is is really the, in two, right. two places. It's in the cloud, but it's somewhere. It's somewhere yes. on, on a hard drive. Yeah, somewhere. Somebody's hosting it somewhere. Um, what? That's kind of a.
2: No, I, I think the, uh, yeah, the the reality is again. I, I come back to it being a horizontal business. Uh, I do think that there are certain industries that refresh a little bit more uh, uh, more often than others, uh, but it, across the board, it, it really is. Uh, you see a little bit, uh, perhaps, with transportation, a little bit in the medical community, and surely finance, but it's it's across-the-board type of business.
1: I'd like to think that uh, some uh, uh, companies like the Coca-Cola Company, Delta Airlines, and United Partial Service uh, uh, are, are a little ahead of the curve. Uh, they, they may not be. Uh, but certainly I know that those are companies that that try to be smart uh, in terms of profits uh, and uh, the environment, and uh, so I hope that uh, you have some relationship with those folks. We're here with Andrew Armour and Bill Barron of ITAD Technologies. We're talking about recycling of technology. We'll be back right after this break. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com.
0: This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings for Medicine on Call and participate in a lively conversation. Learn what's happening behind the headlines in medicine. Understand Obamacare. And learn how to protect yourself and navigate the system.
1: for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you.
4: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the
1: Business Hour. We're here with Andrew Armour and Bill Barron of ITAD Technologies, and ITAD Technologies, uh, the ITAD stands for IT Asset Disposition, and we have been talking about what companies do related to the recycling of their hardware technology and how ITAD Tech helps them to identify what's worth refurbishing and, and what can safely be recycled with sensitivity to, uh, to data you know, we were talking about different uh, industry segments, and everyone, the healthcare industry, absolutely has data that they want to keep secure. The insurance uh, business, the airline business, uh, hospitality, the logistics uh, business, uh, and even the food and beverage. Everyone has uh, information they want to be safeguarded, and they want to work with somebody that will help them appropriately dispose of the data and and then of the the hardware itself uh, but let's talk a little bit about why what are the some of the drivers um, that that bring uh, customers to you and then I want to talk a little bit about how you reach out and how people learn about you um, whether you're actually doing uh, doing what you think you should be doing in terms of search engine optimization so that guys with better uh, 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 CEO are not uh, getting uh, uh, your business uh, and who aren't as good as you but are are good at getting uh, exposure. Now let's start with those drivers. Why do people come to you?
3: The um, again, We've already talked about our life model, but there's it's it's so funny when you're trying to pitch to different clients why to choose you. Um, it, it could be a it could be a it could be I want to make money off this. This is this is going to offset my new technology. This is somewhere something I can budget for. Um, I want to see a maximize my dollar in this. And actually, I think that would be the driver that we would play um, a very big role in. Um, and I'll give you an example. Um, we have. A few clients that will, like I guess Bill said a little while ago, just refresh from one OEM to the other. Uh, If they were to use a recycler that's just a, we call it a feed-the-beast model, a shred, um, take the board down for its elements and and pay their customers per pound, um, they would have seen some dollars, but, but, but not as much as if we took that apart, sold the processor chip, which may weigh... Half a pound, and you may have gotten paid fifty cents on for seventy five dollars, and then we profit share with our customers. That is an idea that sparks interest in people that are are driven by the monetary value of it. Um, there's also the in- environmental factor of it, which is huge. Um, we've already discussed that a lot, and, but um, well, there's a growing number of
1: companies that have uh, chief sustainability officers, or at least a right. senior sustainability person who is looking at that, (coughs) hopefully talking to the CTO, the chief technology officer, or the senior technology person, and the CFO. So together, they're seeing um, the multiple benefits, but just environmentally alone, there are a lot of companies. um, People forget that um, a chief sustainability officer of of a company, or at least the person assigned to focus on sustainability and environment and environmental compliance, they see those shows on TV with those mountains of uh, right. discarded hardware in you know foreign countries where it's uh, polluting uh, the water source and they want to be better stewards
3: yeah I'll, I'll
2: you're completely right I, I've had conversations with executives, clients and prospects alike. And the money consideration surely can be a a motivating factor. Sometimes, by the way, they'll, what they'll do is instead of putting those, those dollars back in the coffers, uh, what they'll do is they'll use that money to gift to a charitable group. Or they'll use it to redeploy additional technology that they actually need. So you can convert, collect a bunch of monitors, convert it into money, and replace it with printers theoretically uh, but for most executives that I have dealt with there are other drivers there are space concerns within their facility there are environmental concerns there are sometimes even certain uh, statutory concerns for keeping things around too long uh, particularly things like universal waste anything that has mercury such as like a fluorescent light bulb for an extended <coughs> period of time uh, they want to be good stewards they want a solution that makes sense that they don't have to overmanage. They want it out, they want it handled properly, they again want to be good stewards, and they're looking for a solution uh, that makes financial sense.
1: We're looking for a solution that has those multiple benefits, and then looking at things long term, I, w- I would think that a lot of companies might want to retain you, uh, at least have a relationship with you to, to be around, to look at that larger life cycle mm-hmm. uh, and, and that, that big picture. Uh, do, do you have such relationships
2: we've had conversations about retainers uh, what we are seeing uh, currently in our in our industry, which is a, a a leap compared to where it was just a few short years ago are ongoing contractual relationships to handle certain types or entire uh, across the board. Are these annual relationships? Yeah, Yeah, they they tend to be that way uh, where you uh, – often you go in and you'll kind of prove yourself. They want to look you in the eye. They want to see your professionalism. They want to see your transparency. They want to see how quickly you process things through, and then it will usually lead to an agreement.
1: Local, regional, state, federal governments are notoriously wasteful. Uh, Do you have – uh, any good relationships with uh, any of the, any governments? Um, have you targeted those uh, segments? Uh, some get it better than others because they actually have sustainability people that you might be able to go and start with, um, and then the CFO. Uh, but uh, do you have relationships with uh, local, regional, state, or we, federal? We we have
2: definitely had conversations with uh, different uh, different agencies and different entities. There are some rather strict. Uh, rules that are in place for the redeployment of equipment. I think that uh, although there are some phenomenal people working on it on the city, county, state level, uh, I think at this point you're seeing the private sector uh, lead. Uh, they have a little bit more flexibility to work with and uh, they're deploying in probably, a, in my opinion, a slightly more effective manner.
1: Uh, unfortunately, uh, all those uh, segments, local, regional, state, and federal government, suffer from uh, the uh, paralysis of analysis, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> yes. oftentimes more than the private segment. Mm-hmm. And uh, with compliance issues, I'm sure that they are uh, uh, engaging in a um, CYA uh, <laughs> uh, a strategy uh, as opposed to a more proactive let's engage a group like yours, which can, can help them uh, better understand and navigate uh, some of those compliance issues uh, as well.
3: Well, some of the, I mean, School systems, unlike any other, put off more technology. Um, if, I mean, if you just think about—we're sitting here in Atlanta in Fulton County—how many schools, public schools, public institutions, government buildings? I mean, there's just, just in Atlanta alone, there's so much, just government equipment. Um, and we, we are looking into how that's being processed and looking and see what we can do and where our play is there. So absolutely. How are people learning about you typically? Uh,
2: we are involved in what we believe are all the right associations uh, throughout the community. Uh, obviously, we're trying to uh, develop and expand our social media f- efforts uh, to get our story told through, uh, through t- social media. Uh, but I'll tell you, the main thing is it's that old-fashioned word of mouth. Yeah. It's... If you do the job right, this is, this is one of those things where people seem very comfortable and willing to, to trumpet your, your value to them, to others that are of like mind and of like concern. And uh, that has been a phenomenal source for uh, the people that we're working with.
1: Well, there's no question. I mean, word of mouth is still – is never going to go out of fashion. I mean, that's the, the, the best way to uh, cultivate uh, clients. Uh, but, but uh, you know, word of the pixel – uh seems to play uh, a a major role and and hopefully uh i mentioned uh you know good search engine optimization it's uh, sad but true that you know there are companies who do a better job of getting exposure that aren't necessarily the best companies they're just really good about getting exposure and you know i'm a marketer so maybe they're engaging a good marketer uh as opposed to uh, d- delivering the goods and, uh, and, and deriving uh, exposure from uh, relationships to associations and, and, and word of mouth but hopefully ITAT is, uh, uh, will come up when you search uh, uh, recycling of hardware technology and, and variations thereof um, Andrew you have a, uh, a, a background
3: in political studies is that right? Um, economics. Economics. But yes, uh, political studies as well. The um, But it really what got me into the the technology industry was the enormous – I was educated on it at a young age. And um, being able to educate others, that's another part of our marketing. It's just educating people on how electronics – needs to be taken care of and recycled. That's our biggest pitch.
1: Smart uh, sales and marketing is uh, is good education. Right. Uh, you have the, po- the political skills. I was a major uh, from yeah. many
2: many years ago, uh, but where I really cut my teeth was uh, over 20 years in the Fortune 500 world in sales and, and executive leadership.
1: Well, um, you guys are playing a, a, a very uh, instrumental role in helping a company that, in my opinion, is playing an instrumental role in helping companies with their profitability and uh sustainability, which is good for people. Thank you both, uh, Andrew Armour and Bill Barron of ITET Technologies.
2: Pleasure was ours. Thank, Thank you, Ron, you, Ron.
1: Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Business Hour here at America's Web Radio. We're on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on the radio next week.
0: This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.